You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and mock draft connoisseur. What you got for me, Isaac? Connoisseur. <laughs> um, so, I have a question for you. This was a question asked to a prospect at the NBA Draft Combine. Would you rather... It was Troy Brown... And they were, they asked him, hey, what's some crazy question or something that made you think? He said, a team asked him, would you rather play 10 years in the league and and not win a title or play one year and win the title? Man. <laughs> play one year and win the title. So you're like, you're essentially... Um... Oh. Would you like would you like a long successful career but with no title, or would you like a one year but you hit? You know, am I you know. am I Charles Barkley, <laughs> or am I like uh, Rudy Gay? So like, would you rather be Rudy Gay or would you rather be uh, Andrew Goudluck, who was on the I was on the Lakers for that one year that the, the one year when they won the title I think in like oh nine I'm pretty sure he was on the team it could have been after that but. Uh, Kobe called him the mini Mamba, and that just stuck with him. And then he just like never panned out. So Troy Brown said he answered and said the ten year career with no title, because he was like, you know, I worked this hard. I, w- I want a long, successful career, and pretty much probably didn't want to say because that's how you make the most money. <laughs> but but. Um, he said the team like was like trying to convince him to. But listen, then you. And he was like, no. I'll stay with the ten-year-long career. Yeah, I, I think I would go with that because I, I I would probably answer probably the ten-year career because there are other ways of success besides just the title. You know, like you can't just yeah. go titles and bust. Like I think ten years is a successful NBA career, and you make a lot more money. Also, one little that other is tidbit. part of success. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. One other little tidbit is one of the players. It could have been Troy Brown said that a team put him through a virtual reality situation. They had to what? sit in an office chair with wheels, and they put on a headset, <laughs> and the headset was them running a pick and roll. What? And they had to make the decision who to pass it to, and like, wow. what, like what to do. I just thought that was just wild to me. That's where we're at in interviews today. Wow. So, some of these older players are like, really? That's the interviews that's going on today? <laughs> it's virtual reality headset making a decision off a pick and roll. That, that's pretty wild to think of where it's where it's come from. I wonder what like Red Auerbach did to like try to decide which players he wanted. Pick which cigar you want. <laughs> you want a Romeo and Julieta? Do you want to pick a cigar and pick a nightclub? Which <laughs> pick a nightclub? You pick the right also, one. One tidbit from the Euro League. I watched a little bit of that over the weekend. The refs have body cams. And that was wild to me. That's I was the I was coolest very thing. Bring thought, it to the NBA. I thought They'll it was kind of weird. 
No, no, no. That that's awesome because you see exactly what the ref sees. Then, so it's like they also mic up like the coaches and refs, and like when they're talking, they you can hear what they're they're saying. See, that's awesome. Is that through? Awesome. Was that through the camera, or do they actually have them mic'd up? I don't know. I just somebody replied to me on Twitter and said that will never happen in the NBA because our referees have too much of an ego, and I'm like, it's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. probably, yeah. probably true. Also, the players right. say too many things that you can't put on TV, and I'm sure the refs and coaches do too. Yeah. And it really can't determine where your eyes are looking either. So it's not the end all tell all. Snapchat had something with their spectacles. That's what we just need for all the refs. Get spectacle. <laughs> Get them all despectacled. But that's that's all my tidbits. Today we are going to be talking about we're doing a lottery mock drafts. So we're going one to fourteen, Phoenix all the way through Denver. The Mavericks are obviously in there at five. So we'll do all of that. We'll talk about all that stuff. Couple a uh, couple of notes here today. We have we are starting our draft player profiles um, for these for all these guys. So we're doing we're doing a bunch of the first round picks that we think are are possible for the Mavericks, um, and then we're doing a bunch of second rounders too. So we're, we're lumping a lot of those together. So we're doing for for example, we're doing a, a single podcast on like a guy like Bagley. That's the first one we're doing. We're doing that one tomorrow. We're doing a single podcast on Bamba, on Jackson, on Bridges, on all those guys. So all those guys we'll do like a single podcast on. But some of the second round guys we'll put together, like we'll, we're going to do Shake Milton, Javon Carter, uh, Anthony Melton. We'll do a whole pod just on those three guys. So if you guys have any questions about specific players like that, send them in and uh, and we'll go ahead and, and we might answer them during those, po- during those profiles. This is something we really look forward to doing. We did this last year. We had a ton of fun with it. Um, somebody tweeted at us the other day and was like, Hey, this is my favorite time of the year to listen to lockdown Mavericks is when they do yeah. their player profiles, draft profiles and all this stuff. So it's a lot of fun. We have purposely waited until now to do this instead of, you know, a month ago, because now we're going to make this like literally the next two to three weeks leading up to the draft. If you want to know anything or listen to anything about the draft, like we do, you're going to, this is pretty much what you're going to get over these next two to three weeks. Yeah, 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 and there, well, there's technically four weeks until the draft, which, man. Yeah, and of course, if any news drops, any different things happen, you know, we'll be doing pods here and there. If there's something we need to do, emergency pod on, we'll do emergency pod. We'll do a Towns podcast, probably. Yeah, yeah, we got to talk about that. That'd be cool. Even though we we haven't had, like, Dennis needs to post a picture of, like, Towns with, like, like Booker and Zach Levine and everybody. <laughs> Do you think else. there's a picture out there of Towns in a Mavs jersey? <laughs> I don't know. You never know. I looked up Kobe in a Mavs jersey. Like I just Googled it. And you know how you can usually find everybody in a Mavs jersey? Yeah. I was just making this joke because uh, somebody mispronounced or they uh, misspelled Bamba and they just said Mamba. Like Mamba is the best pick for the Mavs. So I was looking for a, a Kobe in a Mavericks jersey. And it doesn't exist. <laughs> I, I love the Mo Bamba um, autocorrect to no Bamba. <laughs> yeah. That happens yeah. to almost shout everybody. Out, shout sometimes. out to Eddie Sefko. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it a lot. So anyway, other notes and news things that I want to talk about. The uh, Mavs gaming team played again this weekend. They had a pretty great and pretty fun game against Boston. Um, they have the second the second overall pick in Ofab. He's a point guard that that goes toe to toe with Dimes. And uh, it was a super fun game. They had this big comeback, and they ended up, you know, had a really fun fourth quarter. They ended up dominating. And uh, so that was fun. Then they ended up losing their second game to Philadelphia. So now they're 2-1 th- they're and one on the season. Yeah. 
that's all you got it's just yeah yeah two and one um <laughs> this is all like if you if you care about the 2k league go read my recap it comes out like every tuesday for uh mavs.com it's like one of my main responsibilities with the mavericks right now so watch the games it's fun um yeah, they really, really wanted to beat the Sixers. The Sixers put out the Mavs in the tip-off tournament last or a couple weekends ago, so they really, really wanted to beat them, and that frustrated them. But couldn't get over the hump. They beat the Celtics. <laughs> the trash talking that goes on in this thing is is hilarious. Sometimes it's scary, the, man. One of the Mavs players <laughs> stood up one time and was like yelling at pointing at his day fry and was like, "That's why you went number two. You didn't go number one. That's why you went." And they're screaming at the guy. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is intense." But yeah they're doing well you know one of the reasons why he's doing that because you look at you look at ofab and he's just not a guy he's not a guy that's going to intimidate you as a human <laughs> no he knows like dave Fry knows like he i mean we've talked about it he's like oh yeah the fab dude he he gets rattled really quick like he can't take any of that stuff so like mm-hmm. they have it's part of their like game plan which is pretty crazy that he tells like hey i'm gonna get on him to get him out of the game yeah so like that's part of their game plan for him to do that and it's it's interesting. He's the 2011 LeBron James, is what you're trying to say. Fab, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dave Fry Stevenson. <laughs> wow, I think he's a much better player than that. <laughs> no, it's like he gets in his head. Also, the Dallas Wings kicked off their season this weekend. Uh, they opened the turn. They opened the season and lost to Phoenix, and they are winning right now against the the Atlanta Dream, which, by the way, is a weird name for a team because then you go. And you look over on the Dream Team side, and <laughs> like the announcer said that several times today, and I'm like, you can't just say the Dream Team. Like, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't work like that. But uh, if you're interested in, in more basketball over the summer, those are two ways that you can kind of get your fix in uh, with the Mavs gaming team and with uh, the Wings. The Wings have Skylar Diggins, who's a huge star. She was, on, she was first team all WNBA last year. Uh, she had 18 points, six boards, and nine assists in their opening game. And then they added a girl named Liz Cambage, who you have to see to believe. She's six eight, and she she's like she's essentially Marc Gasol uh, before he could shoot. And so she's she can pass really well. She had 18 points, nine boards, and four assists in the first game, uh, and just kind of dominates down low. She gets a bunch of blocks. I mean, she she doesn't really have to leave her feet. <laughs> <laughs> because these players just like run into her and she blocks her shots. Uh, but she's, she's getting back. She's been playing in Australia uh, for a while. So, but she's, she's super great. So that's a nice one, two combination. You can watch, get some basketball fix in. Sweet. I hope they do well. <laughs> Isaac doesn't care about the wings, but I do. <laughs> Don't say that. People, <laughs> no, I like Skylar Diggins. Skylar Diggins. All right. So let's uh, let's move on from the news and let's go straight into our mock draft. All right, Isaac, the number one overall pick, the Phoenix Suns. There's been rumblings. Right, so there have been people that have been saying a bunch of things. Let's but, preface this by saying this is how we think it will go, and yes. not how we how, how we how we would do it. Right. Okay. So Phoenix. Um, I would have him taken Doncic, but we're since we're doing this like we how we think they will pick. I think they'll take DeAndre Ayton. You still think that? I'm I'm still on the whole. They they hired this coach, and there's a reason. Like the guy has his firstborn son's name is Luca. I mean, you hire this coach, and then you finally have the chance. You hire this coach without knowing if you're going to be able to get 
Doncic, and then you now you're able to get him. I just think they go with him, especially after. I mean, he he won the Euroleague MVP, like yeah, two years in a row. He won the Rising Star Award, which is like kind of their rookie of the year, kind of just like their young guy that they want to like. You know what? The, what Giannis would have won the last like two years in the NBA, where it's like this this young guy that's on the rise, it's like becoming really good, and then all of a sudden he's like the MVP of the whole league. That's I mean, man, this dude's doing stuff that that nobody did before. I, I agree everything what you said, and that's why if I'm Phoenix, I take Luca for sure. I just think that they would take Aiton. Even listen to Ryan McDonough on the NBA on ESPN the other day. Uh, he. I don't. I mean, not that like whatever you want to consider Luca, but he was emphatically saying, you know, our holes is at the one and the five, like one and the five. That's what we need. And he kept on, you know, it was like, well, what we do at one will determine a lot. Of what we do at at sixteenth, he's like, so if we go big, we'll go small at sixteen, vice versa. So like, I don't know, like that played into it a little bit. That I think that you know. If they want to go that route, there's a lot of point guards that I think will be there at 16 that they could take like an like a holiday something like that if they go eight and at one. So I don't know. I, that's that's where I think that they'll go is DeAndre eight and at one. Man, I still think I still I still haven't taken Luca. I still feel like that's where they go. Yeah, they very well could. I mean, I hope I I hope they do. I, I, they should. They should take Luca one. Yeah, I could see him. I could see him as a one for sure. Yeah, I think the only worry is like him and Booker both kind of struggle defensively, and like who guards the one at that point? Who guards the, you know, these point guards? Who guards yeah, the? You'd have, Conley, you'd have Chris to get Paul, a, a you'd have to get a Pat Beverly type. Yeah, and then you know Jackson would have to play the four. And, Which so. couldn't you get like a Javon Carter? I mean, that's a, that's kind of a reach yeah. at sixteen, but you could get a dude like that to come in and and uh, and defend your ones, and then he's he's quote unquote your one, but then he plays off ball on offense. I think plenty of ones will be there at 16 at wherever they draft at 16. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I mean, there's just a ton of people, but that not be like, there not like Luca though. Not like Luca. No, no. Luca Jackson and Booker. That's a great place to start. Then you, oh, you I would have, love you that. You have to fill in two positions around them. Yeah, I would love that. And if, I mean, people talk about them throwing the max at C- Capella. I mean, even if we think Houston yeah. will match it, I mean, if they could somehow get Capella, if they could know right now that they will get Capella, which there's no way of knowing that, no. then you definitely take Luca. But Man. anyway, so we flip flop at two. I'm assuming with Sacramento. Yeah, so I've Aiton going to Sacramento at, at two, uh, and for you though, Sacramento doesn't doesn't seem like they're going to take Doncic now. Um, it's interesting. I know we talked beforehand. Steve Kyler, Basketball Insiders, he had tweeted out that. He had talked to multiple teams, like four teams at the draft lottery, and they had all told him that Sacramento is telling teams that they won't take Luka. Whatever you want to put yeah. with that. I'm not, I'm not saying Kyler's wrong. He's saying he's reporting what he's heard, but it's just from Sacramento. It's like, this is stuff that, you know, they could tell people for the heck of it. I think they'll take him. I know Luka and Bogdan are good friends. And I know Bogdan, I've already seen a couple interviews from him since the draft lottery. And he was talking about how, like, yeah, he, man, he's lo- he'd love to play the Luka, different stuff. He's like, but I think he'll go. I think he could go number one, though. And so, like, they at least have that connection. There's a lot of, yeah. There's a, I just think if you're Sacramento, you can't overthink that. Like, I would move. And I know, like, I've said before about his fit with Fox, which I can't stand. I don't like it at all. But 
if if you're not sold on that, then you take Luca and you trade Fox. Like, yeah, he's better. And then you, yeah, and then you roll with Bogdan, Luca, Buddy Hield, you know, whatever you want to do after that. And I think you could probably Oof. get a decent. You talk you about do. trying to find somebody to defend somebody. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could turn around and probably look at some of these teams in the late lottery and say, "Hey, will you take De'Aaron Fox for to the Cavs at eight? You know, if they plan on rebuilding with you know the Clippers at twelve or thirteen, De'Aaron Fox for twelve. I mean, something like that. I'm just spitballing crap now, but I just think, yeah, I'll say Luke at two right now to the Kings. So the same one two number three of Atlanta taking Marvin Bagley Jr. the third. Love Bagley. Uh, I haven't taken Mo Bamba. Oh, and breaking the hearts of all Mavericks. It feels like now every Mavericks fan is like, I, Mo Bamba or nothing. I tweeted <laughs> out again yesterday. I was like, don't be surprised. I feel like a broken record that when it's all said and done on draft night, that Mo Bamba's in the top two to three pick discussion. Everything about him is checking out. People are falling. He interviewed with 16 teams at the combine. They said no top draft pick does that. He wanted to do it. He is like, I saw somebody comparing him to Jalen Brown the other day about how he carries himself and how like smart he is. And that was the appeal of Jalen Brown about how much of a brainiac he is. He just like, everybody loves Obama's personality. He's super smart. And then I just think that those measurements and once he gets into these open workouts and private workouts with these teams and they see how big he is in person on the court right in front of him and they see him knocking down threes and doing these workouts like he did with Drew Hanlon, teams going they're going to fall in love with it. So I have him at three to the Hawks. I would even go this far. I think he could challenge two to Sacramento. That would be the all-time Sacramento pick. See, I'm all in on Bomb, and I wouldn't think it was that big of a deal. But I, I, I go back to what you've said before is that, that – Bamba needs a system like Dallas has more than Dallas would need a guy like that. Whereas Bagley doesn't need it as much. Aiton doesn't need it as much. Jaron Jackson, maybe a little, but. I agree, but I don't think that would shy a team away from taking him. I think a team would say, let's take him and then let's take the long-term approach to find him some other counterparts. Do you you think that the – the uh, I guess the model that Utah has shown now where you you can start your team sort of – sort of start your team around a uh, rim protector and then you get a guy like a Donovan Mitchell and pair him yeah. pair him with that guy and and be like okay now you can be unleashed because you already have that foundation that defensive foundation yeah i think you can too and like I'm, I'm, people like to make fun of the wingspan thing getting a lot of hype and just think about it this way think about it logically when people throw about around can bomba play in the series right now and like the Western Conference Finals, different stuff. People would just, you know, ice him out or they'll run the pick and rolls and stuff. Well, okay, guess what gets you an extra step of catching up to somebody and blocking against the backboard? A long wingspan. Yeah. Guess what gets you an extra step on contesting a three? A long wingspan. So, like, and he's not, you know, Valanchunas, like, heavy. He's not like Wendell Carter with heavy feet like that. The dude can move his feet. So if somebody does get past him, like a Chris Paul or something, he's got a seven foot ten wingspan that good luck getting past him enough and quick enough to get your shot off before his seventeen ten wingspan catches up to you. Same thing to if he plays off off a switch and to somebody like Westbrook or Chris Paul is at the three point line. Well, if he's playing off in the moment you start for a shot and he reaches his arms out and gets a, a step up there. 
17 wingspan again. So I just think people are, some people are like, oh, who cares about the wingspan? It's overrated. A mm, little bit, but I think he's a little bit more playable in a series like what we're seeing now than somebody like, I don't want to say DeAndre Ayton, but like a window Carter or something like that. You can't look at the NBA combine the same way you look at the NFL combine, where those numbers, like the 40 time is in the NFL is essentially the same as the wingspan in the NBA. Those are the numbers you hear the most. Those are the numbers that come out the most, and now people people are all like, well, 40 time doesn't matter, all this stuff, and wingspan still does matter in the NBA. Like some of the best, like the best players have the biggest wingspan. It just kind of is the way that it is, you know, like Giannis Davis. These, these are guys, these are super long guys that Rudy Gobert, that that thing, Leonard, that that, that, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, that matters. Uh, Like even a guy like Chris Middleton, like he has a pretty long wingspan. Eric Bledsoe is a guy that has a super long wingspan. Donovan Donovan Mitchell. 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 We we talked (laughs) about him last year that he had a six ten wingspan and, and uh, yeah, you it see matters. him in the paint, and some of the crazy shots Mitchell pulls up is some yes. of these hooks, scoops, where, yeah, all this stuff. That that like layup where he takes the ball in one hand and just kind of extends his arm all the way out. Dennis tries this, but his arms are just a little short. But <laughs> but yeah, Tom and Mitchell puts it right up and puts it around guys' arms, and they're just like, how did he even? It doesn't even look like he can do that. But yeah. he step, he takes one less step towards the basket, goes up early, and then he can get it with the the rest of his arm. Anyway. We've gone too far on this, but uh, okay. So you have you have Atlanta taking Bamba. I have Atlanta taking Bagley. So then Memphis. I'm assuming you have them taking Bagley. I don't. I have them taking Michael Porter Jr. Wow. I think somebody will fall. Okay. I preface this with saying I think if you put a gun to my head, Memphis trades out. Right. Memphis will trade out of that pick. I really think they do. If not, I think they'll take the most immediate impact right now to fit with. Because, man, J.B. Bickerstaff, and that's this is my favorite part of the combine, hearing these coaches and people talk. It was Mark Gasol is, he is every bit of part of our organization. He is, he called them bookends, him and Conley. They talked about finding a draft pick to fit next to Gasol and, like, how, how important that is that that draft pick fits next to Gasol. So, like, Mo Bamba is not going there. So, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's Bagley or Porter for sure. But I think that Porter will slowly start proving it in some of his things. And I just think somebody will, will fall in love with him. We'll fall in love with the 6'10 wing, and he would fit perfectly in Memphis. And I think if they think that he's healthy on night one, he could contribute faster than Bagley and help them get to the playoffs right now. Interesting. Interesting. I could see it either way. Like – and he, for sure. And he could uh he could sit the bench sometimes with his uh his NBA comp Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons. <laughs> we we were talking before though. We I saw this on, I thought I saw it I think from uh Mavs All Things Mavs I think on Twitter somebody said that to him and they're like do not compare him to Parsons. He is a little comparable to Parsons. Except he moves really similar to him. For moves sure. like him, got the jump shot like him. They're similar size, they can play 4, they can play 3. Uh, Parsons a little bit more uh, can play make. You were saying earlier, he, you know, he plays a little bit. He'll he'll like he'll do like a driving dish where or a, you know a driving kick. Whereas Porter's not really gonna do that. He's gonna go up and he's gonna try to finish. And he's probably a better finisher, way more athletic than Chandler Parsons though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parsons is your like secondary playmaker. You know, Porter's not, but Porter is your go-to wing. You throw it to him in the you know mid post whatever it is and say get me a basket and he's going to get it so yeah 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 that's the difference between them so i have memphis taking jaron jackson jr because bag bagley's already gone uh porter jr i I don't know 
It, he, it, it, Porter can go anywhere. We like, we're just, yeah. at this point, I'm just totally throwing it out there on Porter. I'm guessing that somebody like he will be fine or whatever it is. He could go, he controls everything with his medicals. So yeah. he could go anywhere. He's the biggest guy that if he comes out, clears everything, impresses everybody, kills in workouts, he would be in contention with pick number two in Sacramento. If he comes out and control, like, and it's weird and different stuff, whatever, he could fall to Chicago or Cleveland. Like, it's, he can vary two through eight, in my opinion. Yeah. Then uh, Dallas. I have them taking Mo Bamba. It's kind of boring, but uh, that's where we are now. I just feel it's like sexy. It's, Mo I love to, it. Who do you have Dallas taking then? Marvin Bagley, third. Wow. Yeah. I'd be okay. With, so you're picking him over Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh yeah, for sure. Yo, you you, yeah, yeah, you don't like sure. Jaron Jackson Jr. at all. I, I, this is like you trying to turn on like my Luca hate when I have Luca at two, and it's like <laughs> all years like you you hate Luca. No, Jaron Jackson do fine. hate I, though though. I've said all though. along. I think overall, like Marvin Bagley could be the best player in this draft in five years, and yeah, I just, I just think in this scenario with the guys above him gone, I I'd have to take Bagley. I have Bagley at like three or four, right? I have him at four on my board behind Bamba for the Mavs. So staying true to my board, I got to take Bagley here. Okay. All right, we got to fly through the rest of this. I have Orlando taking Trey Young. Oh, okay. I have him taking Jaron Jackson. Yeah, because he's he's left. He's Jaron Jackson, (laughs) Aaron Gordon, and Isaac, and Jonathan Isaac. All right, try to figure this. Try to figure out that rotation. (laughs) I think Isaac can play the three. I think so too. I think he could also play five a little, and Jaron Jackson could definitely play five. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good versatility in your front court, but you have nothing in the back court with that group. Then I have uh, I have Chicago taking Porter Jr. Okay, I have Chicago taking Mikael Bridges. Ooh, because I'll give you a hint on this. I think Chicago could be Mitchell Robinson's guarantee at twenty-two. Chicago. Oh, interesting. So now they go they go wing instead of going with a uh, bigger guy. Yeah, I've just I've seen a lot of things that they're pretty locked in. They like uh, they want a wing pretty bad. So Porter, Mikael Bridges, Miles Bridges, one of those. Number eight, Cleveland. I have them taking Mikael Bridges. Then at that point, okay, I haven't taken Trey Young. That was kind of difficult for me, but I think with or without LeBron, he's a good fit. But like I said all along, I think if they make this draft pick. Then LeBron's gone for sure. If they don't, yeah. Trade. If they don't trade it, it's kind of LeBron pretty, ain't rolling back with this rookie, whatever. With Trey Young, he's he's no Shabazz Napier, Isaac. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right, number nine. I have the Knicks taking Wendell Carter Jr. Ooh, so you like that Porzingis fit? I think it's weird. It's pretty weird, but he's not gonna play with him for a while. And <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't like I don't. Wendell's got to play the five, and I think Porzingis has to play the five. I think it'd be the best. I don't have to. They can play together. I was going to say, I think they can play together. Also, I, I love this whole, like, I don't think they can play together, but it's not like they're going to be any good <laughs> either Either way. Okay. You know, Valid like point. you might as well try this. If it yeah. doesn't work, then you do something else. I mean, you stagger them or you do something. I mean, it's not like, I don't know. I, this is This is my thing with the whole, like, oh, look at the way the Warriors and the Rockets play. And, and Bamba, could Bamba play in the finals, blah, blah, blah. Only two teams play that way. 
<laughs> there's only two teams don't play with a big, right? I mean, the Celtics kind of do it, but they also have have Al Horford out there a bunch, and uh, I mean, man, and I mean the the Cavs, I guess, with their their Kevin Love at the at the five lineups. But there's only certain teams that play that way, and you you've got to get somewhere. Like you've got to take your team. You got to get to a point where you're in that conversation, and then once you're in that conversation, then you can start making decisions that way. I think you just have to have the ability to do it, like. You have to have the ability yeah. to, you have go to have the small personnel to can't. Exactly. So you got to have the guys off the bench that allow you to have a lineup like that. But that's that's such a that's, that's such a high end conversation that <laughs> these teams that we're talking about right now are nowhere close to that except for Cleveland for now. Yeah, I'm gonna surprise you kind of with my pick at number nine. I'm going with a guy that I think could surprise people with how high he goes. Kevin Knox. Oh, interesting. I have him going in the lottery, but. Okay, for a little while. Yeah, I just think, um, yeah, they need a big wing. So, like, I like Kevin Knox here. I like Miles uh, Bridges here. I like either of those guys. I like the point guards, too. I think if Trey Young drops here, I think he would be great. I'd love his pairing with Nilekina. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, I'm going with Kevin Knox. All right, the next five picks are very interesting to me. This is, this is a, a group that hasn't really been talked a lot, uh, talked about a lot especially by us uh, because we're just not in this area. <laughs> but uh, but let's talk about this next group. This is uh, Philly, Charlotte, the two Clippers picks, and then Denver. Let's talk about it in just one second. All right, Isaac, number 10, the Philadelphia 76ers. <sighs> Finally, the Steve Nash trade has ended. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that they can move out of this pick also. Very good, very good. Yeah, chance. especially if they have a if they think they have a chance at one of these these wings or, yeah. What if they got Towns? That what the heck? <laughs> I don't even know how to think about that. <laughs> I can't even think about that. Huh. Uh, I have them taking Miles Bridges. Okay, I think I think if they stay there, you get a guy that can get some buckets. So like who does he, he said, replace if you want? Like, is he replace Roku or like Sarge? He or comes he off the, he comes off the bench for them. Comes off the bench. Okay. Yeah, I he's a bench scorer for him. He replaces Ilyasova, sort of. Which sort of. his his measurements though, he, I, they were Charks man. John loves loves him. I really thought he was a guy that could play like some four and be like a mellow type, but he's he's not big enough. I don't think he's six six man. Kind of, it's not big enough. Yeah, and the wingspan uh, too. The wing, he, what is six eight wingspan, six nine? Yeah, six nine. Yeah, it's not really big enough. Uh, I'm going with my guy in the late lottery that I love, Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Okay, he's the fourth. Yeah, Lonnie Walker Jr. the third, the fourth. <laughs> I think he he is another guy that when he gets into workouts, I think people will fall in love with this guy. He kind of play. He'll. I think if they, especially if they move on from Markel Fultz and they like package him in a trade or something, he would play that Fultz. Like he would play the exact Fultz role what Fultz would be now. So, shot the ball pretty well in college. Six ten wing friend. He kind of measures like Donovan Mitchell, kind of six four, six ten wing wingspan. Can get to the basket, hit a three. He would play with Ben Simmons pretty well. Uh oh, he's the new Donovan Mitchell. Everyone, everyone, hide your kids, hide your mocks. I love, I love Lonnie Walker, man. Yeah, I love him. Charlotte, I have them taking Colin Sexton, and this was a hard, this is a hard one because yeah. you're like looking, and you're like they have all these weird wings, they have all these weird bigs, and you're like, I don't know, if, whoever we take here, I'm not sure. Whoever they take here, I'm not sure who's going to get to play. 
but they yeah. have Malik Monk, and you you put this is your your probably your bench your bench backcourt uh, Monk and and Colin Sexton. I like it. I'm into they that. Just have, they just have so much money in the front court, you know, like with Cody yeah. Zeller and. I mean, Dwight's back, but like Marvin Williams and stuff like Kaminsky. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Gilchrist, you know, on the wing with Batum and different stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'm thinking the same route as you, except I'm going Gilgus Alexander. Okay. I See, love him and Monk long term they, together. They still have Michael Carter Williams. So no, I he's know. gone. That was like a one year deal, I think. I know, but you want to. All right, we tried this guy. Let's try the let's try the guy. That's no, probably Gilgis a Alexander. Up. I think he's better than Carter Williams. And Rookie I think if the they year. move, I think if they move on from Kemba, then Hellman Monk would be a, a solid young backcourt to play. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah. I like either of those pairings: Gilgis Alexander and Monk, and then Sexton Sox, and Monk. Sexton. Sexton and Monk is like, hey, go get me buckets. Like that's big time buckets. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Clippers two picks back to back. These are these are fascinating to me. So I have them taking Gilgis Alexander and Robert Williams. I just think you get you get a point guard and a big. You get you know you have some of these wings like you have Tobias Harris, you have your Lou Williams, you have your you know dudes like that. But now you get to sort of fill out your bench unit with uh, with a big and a in a guard. Yeah, I mean if they keep both of these picks, this is prime. Take the best player available, whoever drops. Yeah. Like, this is what they have to do. So, I have them in this scenario. I have a couple guys that have dropped in Miles Bridges and Wendell Carter Jr. Wow. I did not realize you didn't pick Wendell Carter Jr. yet. No, I haven't. No, for sure. Wow. That's a pretty good get. That's a pretty good get for the Clippers. Yeah, I I think his foot speed is a little bit getting overlooked some. Like, that was – it's kind of worrisome with a big, like, that 260 – He's almost ha- he almost has to play a five. So, but yeah, Miles Bridges, Wendell Carter. Yeah, people like to say he's he's you know Al Horford type, but oh, stop. He, no. he's not no. as mobile as him. I can't stand that comp. <laughs> okay, <laughs> interesting. He's, De- that, he's Derek. He's Derek Favors. Those are <laughs> Derek Favors and uh, and Miles Bridges. These the short mellow short mellow and Derek favors that's that's, that's who you're getting can we call miles bridges short mellow short mellow <laughs> and then denver i have them taking kevin knox he's kind of a guy that dropped for me uh be a great fit for them i think replacing maybe like what will barton was doing uh, not what he was doing but replace him maybe in the the lineup if he leaves uh, man denver denver's hard it is hard. I was gonna give them a point guard, um, but then I was like, man, they really need a like a vet point guard, like a Devin Harris, you know, or somebody like that. Like that's who they really need, and that's who they want. They've had Jameer Nelson there. They've had, you know, Devin Harris, like they said there. That's that's who they want. So I, I don't. I'm not gonna give them another rookie point guard. Yeah, and you know, last year they were dying for OG. If people remember, they were yeah. at thir- they were at thirteen, had the thirteenth pick for Mitchell, traded out with Utah, allowed Utah to come up, and they moved back to like twenty something, thinking, "Hey, we we're still going to get our guy in OG. We're going to move back and get OG." Toronto took OG before them, and it like killed all their plans. They've been so they were pretty open that they really wanted uh, Anunoby to be that wing defender type guy. They end up signing Paul Millsap, so. I mean, I guess it kind of not really worked. Whatever you want to say worked out, but they got him and Jokic pairing together, stuff like that. 
And then it's like their wing, you know, Gary Harris is there. What is Jamal Murray? And like, what does that look like? I think they're a prime destination that could trade just depending on what they want to do. But there's two guys that I'm, man, I'm, I'm really torn on, but I'm going to go with uh Kata based job. Oh, okay. I think they get their OG type of dude, but I'm really torn because Colin Sexton, I still haven't picked him. And yeah, I see think, if he's there, I think that's, that's guaranteed for them. I think it would be great, but my whole thought of it is it seems like they seem locked in on Jamal Murray at one. And if not, then you have to be okay with moving Gary Harris to the three. And is Gary big enough to play the three? That's your, that that's your really conundrum because you're not going to bring either one of those guys off the bench. So if they moved one of those guys, I could see Colin Sexton for sure. Or if they're confident in Murray playing the two, Harris playing the three, I could see that. But I'll go with Bates job. I could hear the Sexton argument. To go two more spots, I would have the next pick is Washington, and man, they would yeah. love to have Robert Williams drop to fifteen. I think that would be great for him to have that athletic big. And here's the perfect scenario mm-hmm. for Memphis. In this scenario, I have Colin Sexton dropping to Phoenix at sixteen. And more Phoenix would die if that happened. If they walked away with Aiden and and Colin Sexton. But that's a pretty good get. Those are two pretty good gets. Anyway. That's that. That's that. That's what we got. That's our mock drafts. I'll uh, I'll put them on the uh, Mavs Moneyball post, or at least I'll put mine on there. Uh, you have to listen to the podcast to get Isaacs. <laughs> Sounds so, good to me. There you go. We're going to do our Marvin Bagley profile tomorrow. We'll do a whole bunch of profiles. Probably do a profile every other day until the week before the draft. Then we'll do one every single day. Um, well, yeah, thanks for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.